This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. This is a comic pod- podcast where we take a topic and then we hash it out for about an hour. Uh, Joel, thanks so much for being here, man. Uh, oh, always a pleasure. Glad we're making this work. Uh, got a weird topic here today. Um, as we've talked about on the thumbnail and the dis- and the description, it says comic book industry predictions. Um, a lot of people talk about like kind of like what... What, what what Nostradamus wizards we are. Uh, mm-hmm. How they're like, you know, oh my god, you you saw XYZ coming, or or you completely screwed that up. You didn't know anything about what was happening. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always like, one or the other. There's very little middle ground. <laughs> exactly. And so I wanted to kind of like put this out as a cautionary tale because like, here's the deal. Like, you know, while it's great to be right, Mm-hmm. Um, or it's terrible to be right if you're right about something that's like so depressingly sad, like <laughs> like Le- like Leviathan getting a sequel. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, or Bendis like taking over or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, but I wanted to talk about this particular thing. Um, the the predecessor to all of this, to comic book uh, internet criticism in general, uh, was this little magazine uh, that lasted way too long, longer than I ever could have imagined it could have lasted, called Wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've talked about Wizard. I've referenced Wizard a lot. There's actually an entire channel that's dedicated to reading every single page of Wizard. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, and they're they're good people. Uh, you know, I actually talked to one of them. Uh, but you know, they're. Uh, but overall, like Wizard is part of the DNA of the modern comic book critic. Whether you know oh, it or yeah. not, it came something some part of it came from Wizard because Wizard of course was the arbiter of the comic book industry. You the only insight into the comic book industry that you got was going to Comic-Cons and asking the source directly, which was always hard to do because like mm-hmm. Comic-Cons were few and far between and those that were were only in metropolitan areas. Naturally. Uh, and the second one was you could get it from the the letters page or the bulletin within the books themselves. Um, you know, what they were willing to share. And what's funny about that is that they, uh, that is to say the comic book industry at large, DC, Marvel, they were a lot more candid about what they did and how they did it than you would expect a comic book or a company rather to do or to right. be. Um, this is because, of course, it's very small. As we talked about before, the comic book industry is super tiny. And uh, so it's you can get away with a lot more and you can do a lot more, whether that's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of it. And then the, and then 1991 or two, this magazine comes on the scene and it's just full of like former comic book industry professionals and moreover, mostly people who wanted to work in the comic book industry. And in fact, most of the big wigs at, at Wizard and most of the people who wrote articles that you liked uh, somehow, some way, eventually found their way into the comic book industry uh, in a more official capacity. Mm-hmm. But uh, but Wizard Magazine was there for a good long time, 91 to like 2007, I think, or 8. Oh, wow, um, they had a better run than I thought they did. Yeah. I always thought they were done before that. Yeah, I want to say maybe even 2011, but I don't know if that's true, so I'm not going to 
hang my hat on that one but did, um, did they ever try and make the move to actual like internet stuff like i know cracked is a famous story where you know after years of playing second fiddle to mad magazine they actually made the internet jump exactly uh would have been a great idea um if only i could have a time machine i might ha i might be laughed out of the boardroom at wizard magazine by suggesting that maybe not having only a an aol keyword page mm. Wizard World, which of course would eventually become Wizard World, uh, the convention scene. I was uh, going to say. Wizard took forever to get a magazine, uh, an online magazine. Wizard took way too long to get a website. Uh, Wizard never really got a YouTube channel off the ground. They did try. Uh, maybe about two years ago, they tried to make a YouTube channel. They made three videos really? and then died. Oh, uh, that's a shame. But well, we know how hard it is to succeed on YouTube. You have to try, and what Wizard was doing in the in the you know in the recent history was not trying. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you ever grab yourself a Wizard, if you see one, don't pay more than a dollar. Uh, but but do give yourself a treat and read some of these. There's amazing interviews in here. They had exclusive contact, and that's the thing is that they had exclusive contact to people like uh, Neil Gaiman, Alan Moore, Karen mm. Berger, Todd McFarlane. Wrote oh, yes. a column in the back of the magazine. Like, like McFarlane himself just had a section just for himself, for him to, to wax about comics. Uh, Wizard Magazine, speaking of McFarlane, Wizard Magazine would also be used as uh, exhibits in uh, McFarlane's many trials against him, people who were suing him. They're like, well, you said here in Wizard Magazine. It's true. Uh, and Wizard, of course, for a very small period of time, was inexorably connected to the comic book industry uh, metatextually as well. I know that Wizard named a bum who tried on his mask named Garab after Garab Shamus, editor-in-chief of Wizard. Oh. Um, in fact, uh, Garab made it into the cartoon show for Spawn uh, as a regular, as, a, as an actual character. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so anyway, the, the reason why I gave this little history lesson is because we're going to be drawing from Wizard because they, uh, they make some predictions in 1996 for the year 2001, and now it's 2019, almost 2020. I thought, hey, we're 26 years away removed from this prediction about what they were predicting was going to happen five years from then. So I thought, hey, let's look over these. And by the way, if, you, if you're like an old adopter of like Sal Says What or Sal's old videos, my videos from back in the day, uh, you may actually find, I think I did this a while back now that I think about oh. it. But I would love to get some perspective and, and, and <laughs> especially in, in light of today's world, oh, yeah. there's a lot in here that's very interesting. But before we get into it, I wanted to mention that this is a show that's sponsored by viewers like you. Those of you out there who are watching the show right now live are the sponsor of the show. I bet you didn't even know it. Uh, the way you can sponsor the show is by using those super chats to ask a question or make a comment. And those, uh, those, those, those questions or comments will be read on the show, and the finances from them will go to sponsoring this episode. So uh, we want to encourage people to do that uh, if they can, and, uh, and, and so they have, like Ben Bastian here said, I have no idea if either of you two have been reading the Fraction Jimmy Olsen book, but if so, what do you think? Hope you gents are having an awesome day. I am having an awesome day. Uh, thank you very much, Ben. Uh, I'm not reading it, Jimmy Olsen. You? I read issue one, and I'm like, man, this is really funny and really fraction and completely different than anything else at DC because it's just straight up golden age weirdness. But it's also one of those things where I'm like, this is going to read so much better in trade. Right. Uh, I read the first issue. I was like, I see what you're doing, and I think that's really cool, but I probably don't want to read anymore. <laughs> um, I'll probably read the trade. And we'll see from there. 
Um, also, really quick, before we go back into the show, I wanted to say happy birthday to my wife, Tiffany. Uh, co-host and wife, Tiffany, you're awesome. Uh, I know you're not probably watching right now, but I wanted <laughs> to say out loud in public right now, it's Tiffany's birthday. Happy birthday, Tiffany. I uh, hope you're having an awesome day. Um, here, here. Uh, Silvery Cricket says, Justice League with normal A-list and one D-lister who gets really developed for 10 issues and killed off to make an A-lister more interesting. What about it? I is, don't is, know. Is, 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 is that a pitch? Right. Is that a pitch? Is that a prediction? Is that what happened in the latest Justice League? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't read it yet. It, it might be for all I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, my friend, but I do appreciate you, uh, your, your contribution and your, and, and your enthusiasm. Uh, all the same. Sal Delfani. Hey, Sal and Joel. Hope you're doing well. We are doing well. Thank hey. you very much for your very generous uh, contribution. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Jason Turner. Uh, who says, prediction, Alan Moore and Frank Miller will be involved in a septuagenarian boxing match. <laughs> Grievances will be tossed. Glyson will be most pleased. Who who do you think will win that fight, Sal? I mean, we all, you know, have our theories of who's the better writer, but who do you think's got the better right hook? You know, who's got a glass jaw? Who's going to win that fight? I think just based on uh, Moore's, like, t- Miller clearly is a little, th- he's, he's, he's got, Moore's got the size advantage on Miller. Definitely. Uh, I would have said Miller might have kicked his ass like 20 years ago, but mm. in today's world, no way. Uh, plus, it's not wise to tangle with a wizard. No, it is not. Moore clearly took better care of himself, or at least whatever magical forces sustained him. Yes, kept the him bubble he lives in. Sp- Exactly. Yeah, kept kept him young and spry. Where if you see Frank Miller walking around, the dude is yeah very waifishly thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. So uh, let's jump into them. Here we go. Uh, these are the uh, the predictions for the next five years from 1996 to 2001. Looking back 26 years in the past, let's see if any of these things were they they gave themselves five years. We're gonna give them 26 years <laughs> to see if any of these things happened. Um, this is going to be fun because I actually don't know what you're going to say right? either. Well, here's the first one right out of the gate, and it's completely wrong. Uh, top <laughs> one, Todd McFarlane will work on Spider-Man again. <laughs> That's cute. Uh, here, I really only scratched the surface of Spider-Man, says Todd McFarlane. If they ever said, Todd, you can do Spider-Man and run wild with him, I'd still make changes, and Marvel would welcome those changes. The company set a precedent <laughs> earlier this year in 1996 by farming out Marvel properties to Image co-founders Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld with Heroes Reborn. So it's only natural that Image's shining star should return to Spider-Man and, and perform his own version of unfinished business. Uh, yeah, no, that never happened. Uh, it didn't no. happen five years from then. It didn't happen 26 years from then. McFarlane never worked on Spider-Man again, unless... You count his Facebook Live videos where he draws stuff sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. And so, no, he never did. Um, I remember burn when people were... bridge pretty hard. I, I don't even know if it was a burn bridge so much as it was just them saying, we like, just McFarlane being, like, not wanting to ask and Marvel not wanting to offer. Was uh, McFarlane also independently wealthy at this point, too, from all the toy acquisitions and everything else? Or was he still, like, living hand to mouth? By 96, he was definitely buying Maguire balls. Mm, okay. So, yeah, he was doing okay. Uh, right. But I did, I do like the optimism with McFarlane where he was like, I want to leave the door open. I, I, you know, never say never. I might, I might want to do something with Spider-Man again in the future. Um, it's that Marvel was probably like, no. And my guess is, by the way, today... You could probably get him to work on Spider-Man. 
you i'm surprised they haven't even just for like an anniversary thing like what's that book out right now spider-man uh world spider-man oh, it's, it's yeah. like a bunch it's like a bunch of different spider-man writers together it's kind of like what dc did for their detective and action comics where it's like i don't know if i want a whole mcfarland run but yeah let him write and draw a story in 2019 right exactly i would love to see that Are you kidding me um the other thing is does mcfarland really even draw much anymore he doesn't really do a lot of so. penciling um he does more inking now than penciling uh, yeah. but, uh, but I, I would say that, um, with, with, from, from, from Marvel's perspective, they're like, if we ever wanted to honor McFarlane or use him in some way, we probably have a ton of old art that we could just recolor and put out <laughs> and it wouldn't cost us a dime. No, it's true. Though I will say something interesting about McFarlane and Spider-Man. It's my last word on it. Um, McFarlane did a video on Facebook or something a couple of years ago, maybe, maybe going back three years. He uh, was contacted by Marvel, who said, hey, listen, we have this original piece of art, and we know it belongs to you. Would you like it back? I oh. never imagined they would do something like that. That's but, a uh, level of respect that I, yeah, would not expect. Yeah, the piece of art in question, something I would not necessarily kill, but I would look the other Man. way on a murder for, uh, <laughs> is... Uh, in the top left-hand corner of your favorite Marvel comic, they used to have, like, a drawing of a character. Uh, Joe Jusco actually does these amazing, like, full, like, epic-sized versions of the top left-hand corner character art um, mm -hmm. at his conventions and on his website. But uh, McFarlane redrew one, because in the earlier days, we're talking, like, the 70s and 80s, you know, they had, like, a Remita Spider-Man or, like, a Zek Spider-Man or something like that. And it was just Spider-Man, like, running. And McFarlane's like, this doesn't really I highlight who Spider-Man is. So he drew an upside-down Spider-Man hanging from the Marvel logo. Yes, I think I know the one you mean now. Yeah, that was the piece of art. And I'm like, good. oh my god, that's awesome! So, uh, not so much that, that McFarlane did redraw Spider-Man or anything, but Marvel and McFarlane did communicate over original Spider-Man art, uh, and it was it was both mutually beneficial. Well, oh, well actually, nice. no, it wasn't mutually. It was only beneficial for Todd, and they and they did. Anyway. <laughs> Thought that was very nice. Yeah, yeah. But no, never gonna happen. Uh, mm, I think I it should it. happen. I would love to see at least the Spider-Man Spawn crossover that they've been teasing forever. <laughs> but I don't think they're gonna do it. Joel, you think they're ever gonna do Spider-Man, <gasps> or do you think McFarlane will ever do a Spider-Man story again? Yeah. I think he's too rich at this point. I don't think he needs it anymore. Again, I think there would have to be something particular in it for him, and I don't see it happening. Yeah. I, I, maybe, if, maybe it's like, okay, look, you can write this story, and then you can also have an exclusive Todd Toy Spider-Man for it or something like that. Yeah, Hasbro would be really pissed about that. <laughs> yeah, ha Hasbro would raise all sorts of hell. You would, you would not see an anger like that. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you might see McFarlane draw Batman sooner than you see him draw Spider-Man because DC has given the toy license to McFarlane to make DC toys. Well, that seems almost like a foregone conclusion now, even if it's just a little thing that he draws and puts it in with the toys. Or oh, like yeah. Draws. I would love to see that. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, jumping back into the Super Chats really quick. Radical Radish says, Tell Tiff happy birthday from the population cell. I sure will. Thank you very much. There's actually a really sweet Facebook thread about it. And people are jumping on Twitter and also sending her her congratulations um, for turning a year older. Mm -hmm. uh, Silvery Cricket back says, I would love to see McFarlane get to design a Spider-Verse Spider character. Hashtag Spider-Spawn. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I would love to see Spider-Spawn. Are you kidding me? That's pretty good, actually. That's a good idea. 
Uh, I like that a lot. Will I am Golden DC's World's Finest with Jor El and Thomas Wayne? Yeah, I'm honestly shocked they haven't tried to do something like that already. That I guarantee you, there's art. Like it's sitting around somewhere. Can, uh, we, can we be done with Thomas and Jarrell though? <laughs> I mean, I already am. I quit both <laughs> books they appear on. So, all right, j- get jumping into the next prediction. Right. Image Comics, as we know it, in 1996, right, will be no more. Oh. Uh, While Marvel Comics united the comic book industry with a variety of crossovers and character deals, uh, which, of course, turned out really well, uh, this is all served to further functionalize, fractionalize the very company that was formed to battle the industry. Uh, in 1992, Eric Larson, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the popular studios have all built successful independent businesses. This is to say, Extreme Studios, McFarlane Industries, that, uh, Wildstorm, that kind of thing. Which uh, stayed successful forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, the prediction is that uh, Image will restructure and all the creators will leave the company. Well, they, yes. were actually, they were actually on to something with this one. Holy shit. Yeah. I wish they were a little bit more, like thoughtful because not only is image comics nothing like it was in 1996 but it's become something so much better than it was also true like now it's become the actual adult alternative for comic books i mean like it it wound up not only becoming a career launcher for anybody who jumps into image or who gets published by them uh, but it also killed vertigo by becoming the place you bring a vertigo book because otherwise dc owns your book I know, isn't that crazy that Image became a better Vertigo? And hey, you know that Walking Dead thing you like so much? They took a little gamble on that and Walking Dead number one. This black and white zombie comic became the last number one actually worth any money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that was one of the last, like, holy crap, you gotta get... Like, if you have this, you need to, like, grade it and sell it. Because, like, Mm -hmm. that's... But yeah, Image Comics no more. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, good call. Uh, Though they were... They only went as far as saying, like... Because all the individual creators have made their own studios, they won't stay with the company. They'll, like, go and pursue their own, like, labels, basically. Which, which did was, not happen. Uh, I mean, not, I like, saying, not to the degree that they that they expected. What, not, this was 96? Was this pre- or post-speculator bubble bursting? This is around the time when the speculator market has fallen apart. Okay, so that makes coming, sense, too. It's coming together. Like, uh, the chickens are coming home to roost by this mm-hmm. point. Um, there's people at the publishing line are already scrambling because Marvel and DC have already done their crossover. Marvel versus DC was the reaction to the speculator boom. Cause they were like, we're losing money. We need, <laughs> we're both in trouble. Yeah, we need to make something that will make us both as much money as we couldn't make on our own. <laughs> um, but yeah, jumping back into the super chats, can productions. I recently discovered Frank Miller wrote Spider-Man. My guess is that his Spider-Man is really miserable. Yes, uh, it is. It's not as miserable as you think. It's not like it's Dark Knight Returns Spider-Man. It's just like, it's more like his Daredevil. Right. So it's pretty standard comic fare. As I recall, when I hunted it down and read it, I was like, this was pretty like s- standard run-of-the-mill Spider-Man stuff. It was very forgettable. Which in a way, that's almost worse. Where you're like, oh, come on. I at least wanted it to be a hidden gem or so bad it's good. Yeah, no, it's just kind of forgettable. Uh, Rusky says everything uh, before everything is said and done Scott Snyder will have a run on Spider-Man um, that'd I, be cool I think that if Scott Snyder were to leave DC Marvel would definitely offer him uh, Spider-Man we you know think so. we know from his appearances on shows like the Elseworlds Exchange uh, that he has uh, designs on a Hulk book 
I think that based on his experience on the Justice League, he would probably do a good job with the Avengers. Um, yeah, great. But yeah, he seems to have, I think he said he has a Spider-Man pitch and he definitely has a Hulk pitch. Uh, and the Hulk That's pitch cool. would become like a big event uh, called, I think, Hulk Smash Everything. I think that's <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what he's doing right now in the Ewing book. He's smashing everything. No, it's true. So uh, the other's prediction, 57 channels with nothing on, try the Comics Network. Uh, the prediction <laughs> is that uh, there will be, like ESPN, MTV, or HBO, or Nickelodeon, there'll be a 24-hour-a-day comic book channel. Wonder Woman, Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Batman, the animated series, Batman, like, uh, you know, Brave and the Bull, like all, nope. Now this one I know we've talked about before. We've talked about the state of all these apps and every comic company wanting to get in on it. Yeah, wow, this, this was hilarious because this one didn't see the death of Cable. <laughs> no, but what's funny is they didn't know because they weren't aware or they weren't forward-thinking enough because of cost, they didn't have a website um, to think like, well, okay, it would be logistically impossible for us to be able to have all the comic book properties, Ultra Force, Savage Dragon, Spawn, The Max, Spider-Man, all these animated series on one channel. Too many rights, too many rights holders. But what, yeah, that's impossible. But what isn't impossible is, like, let's say DC creating an app and putting everything that Warner Brothers developed in some way for their characters under one of attainable location. Yeah. Uh, same deal with uh, with 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 Disney Plus. Disney Plus has finally done what Dis what DC Universe did over a year ago, which was yeah. here's all the Marvel shows, and it's not all of them, but here are most of the Marvel shows. Right. So we didn't get a a 24 hour channel, but we did get something a little better, where it's yeah. here's everything available via their own respectable franchises. The spirit of the idea was right, and in fact, is even a little better because it's like here's all the old stuff you remember, and also we're producing new stuff as well. Exactly. Uh, I bet they didn't count on people making new stuff, no. or at the very least, like or 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 like shows dedicated to the distribution method. I bet they didn't expect there would be a superhero comic book TV show arms race where it's like, oh, no, we've adapted all the triple A stuff. We've even adapted most of the double A stuff. Let's get weird stuff like the boys and a Watchmen show and all of this other stuff. Right. Uh, they did almost predict the YouTube market when they said throw in a couple of original programs, an MTV like show in which we talk about comics, <laughs> some behind the scenes future future animated film projects like Spawn or Silver Surfer and a home shopping network type program in which we sell comics and now we've got ourselves a network. I mean, wasn't that basically comic book man, home shopper for comic books? It's true, it's true. I mean, uh, it's still impossible to get your comics from one central location that isn't like Mile High Comics, Midtown Comics, like a, like a retailer. You can't, like, yeah. it's not like you can buy directly from Diamond or no, from Marvel true. or DC, which is too bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, didn't, the, I, I'm going to say this did not happen, but something a little better happened. Whereas like nothing is all in one location, but it's more like the a la carte system has given you everything you've ever wanted. 
I can dig it. I, I do like their assumption there of like, oh yes, MTV style hosted shows about comics. Do you think? Do you think you and I could make it, Sal, in that world as comic book VJs? Yeah, right, Jim's, comic book I VJs. Guess. Literally like a show where you're like, hey everybody, welcome to the show. We're gonna be talking about Spawn today, and after that, we're gonna be talking about this upcoming Savage Dragon movie, Bruce Willis to star. <laughs> yeah, I mean like that's basically what we're doing here. And we're gonna take it to you and the audience there for TRL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We we just we just we throw the camera over the ocean of people that are there to watch us talk about it which is oh, to yeah. say both people that showed up <laughs> we're here in us. long beach and they gave us the batmobile to drive around in this week i'm telling you man like the the, the trick to youtubing about comics is thinking outside the box and doing stuff that like they didn't expect uh or expected or hoped but could never afford oh yeah uh, Adam Asamoa says, hey guys, great to see you again. I'll believe, I will believe the comic book industry is on the rise. Comics will become way more digital. Happy birthday, Tiffany. Thank you, Adam. Uh, I'll send along your congratulations. And also, yeah, uh, digital needs to become affordable. Digital yes. needs to move away from being like, because the whole thing is digital is priced as such yes. to not piss off retailers. Oh, yeah. There's no reason for a comic book that is $6 on the stand to be $6 through Comixology. Uh, makes no sense. Makes no sense, and you need to release the numbers. We need to know how those are selling so that we can make predictions and make an industry out of this freaking thing. It's been 10 years now. We've but been selling I'm comics dead. online. But I'm Diamond Distributor, and if you <laughs> don't buy through me, it doesn't count. Now get back to work. Yeah, I mean, like... They have no incentive to help, so it's just no. you need to you need to push it. Uh, I, like this may sound radical, and I'm sure I'm not the first person to say it, but we gotta break up Diamond Distributor. It's a weird, out of touch cartel. It doesn't make sense anymore in our modern parlances. And who's it even helping anymore? N nobody. It's never helped anybody, and it doesn't help anybody now. Uh, Zebram says, "How about this? Todd gets to make his Spawn movie, but he has to go back to drawing Spider-Man." That would only be contingent on, like, if, like, oh, you know, it would be great. Okay, here you go. Ready? Uh, Sony finances the Spawn movie. <laughs> I mean, like, after Morbius does really well at the box office. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're probably not going to want to do anything with that. But, like, you know, it could happen. Sony finances Spawn. And clearly there's some kind of send-receive contract with, Spawn, with, with Marvel and Sony. Because why is there a Morbius book, but they canceled the X-Men? I'm glad you mentioned that. Did you read that Morbius book? No. I passed it on the shelf, and I'm like, <laughs> not today, Satan, yeah, not today. No, 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 no. Um, but clearly they have some kind of contract, because, like, they're pushing it. When the Spider-Verse movie came out, there was a Spider-Geddon 2 or whatever. Like, I know. No, there is there is some kind of deal going on there um, a very weird deal so yeah i think sony would do that and if sony financed the spawn movie maybe marvel would would work with a with a with a crossover i don't know possibly it's, it's weirder things have happened rusky says more than a hope than a prediction uh marvel dc do animated or live action tv crossover they're doing crisis on cw so never seen ever no um i'm sorry man but that's not gonna happen unless all of them get bought by one studio because like <laughs> The you can barely get Marvel TV. You couldn't get Marvel TV and Marvel Studios to work together for you, the longest you, time. You they couldn't. Had. They had to close it. 
they had to get rid of the guy in charge and put the movie guy in charge. They literally like closed it, and that was that. And uh, scorched earth everything he left behind. Runaways, get out of here! Uh, yeah, I, I, I can only imagine a hellstrom that show is shaking in its boots right now. It's like I'm I'm the last one left standing. I'm yeah. the last one that that Loeb greenlit. What's gonna happen to me? Oh, uh, well, it'll get canceled along with all those cartoons. Um, oh, that's a shame. I wanted to see. The I cartoons. know that's really heartbreaking. <laughs> they haven't said anything about the cartoons yet, but like they just canceled Runaways, and they just finished the third season. So like, I know. Be that as it may, uh, keep the cartoons. The cartoons can't hurt nobody. Yeah, come on, <laughs> who's gonna watch them anyway? But uh, <laughs> no, it's true. I would, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, that was a prediction that they tossed out there. Um, oh, somebody tossed in another super chat. It was Adam. Uh, Adam says. Uh, Jewel and, and Sal. I think he meant Joel. That's fine. I, I, I'm songstress Jewel now. I'm from, what is it, Antarctica? I don't know how her Jewel's from. I thought she was or, from, like, Norway or the South. Isn't that Bjork? I don't know Jewel as well as I think I do. <laughs> no, I do have pieces of you, though. Uh, they become <laughs> editors of Marvel and DC. They hire Rob oh. to write Superman, Tiffany to write Doctor Strange, <laughs> and Betty to write Deadpool. Uh, Elseworlds Exchange 2024. <laughs> Listen, Love it. Uh, give me the, give me, actually, you know what? I'd like to use that. So hashtag EE2024, give us your predictions for what's going to happen to us. The, that is to say everybody, the, the comic pop crew, Cave Joel, Benny and Rob, why not? But throw them out Love there. Uh, let me know. Um, but yeah, I'll take that job. Um, I like it. Yeah. So uh, the next one was great. Uh, it says, you will see chains of Marvel entertainment stores. Nope. Interesting. And yet... Kind of not because Marvel merch is everywhere now because their movies are everywhere now. So it, again, yes. it's like the the idea of it did ultimately come to pass that Marvel was more accepted in you know the public subconscious than it ever was before. And I mean, shit, you got stuff like uh, like Ripple Junction and all those Disney stores uh, in the what is it in Disneyland that oh, sell yeah. all the Marvel stuff. So it kind of was in a weird way. Well, it's interesting because they, they, they cited, uh, the Warner brothers stores, which are, of course, oh. I believe no more. I know that mine went away very, very long ago. They have uh, the website still. Okay. I loved that store. It was so it was cool. really, really it was covered cool. in gremlins and Batman. Anyway, uh, but they cite to love. It's all my favorite thing. Exactly. But the Warner brothers store was a thing. They were like, it's dominated by DC merch they should have a comparable Marvel one. And it's like, well, what you didn't count on was Disney buying Marvel and then making a Marvel <laughs> section like the Warner Brothers stores. So, yeah, yeah they kind of did that, uh, but it took forever. Um, and it took being bought by a major conglomerate to do it. And it. Like the way they're making it sound, where it's like, oh, is it going to be like the Coke store or the M&M store in Times Square? Yeah, although they did say... Uh, be prepared to hop to from different publishers from store to store to get different publishers, books and merchandise as more and more companies open their exclusive retail shops in a near, in an area near you. Uh. Um, so yeah, not so much exclusive retail shops, but you got exclusive retail exclusives. Yeah. Yeah. So. With all them pop Funkos and everything you want to get your special pop Funko. You got to go to this store on this day. Exactly. Um, Mitchell Best says, would Disney outsource characters for other publishers to write about since they don't care about comics? Maybe to Image or DC for trades? Yes. Yeah, they already kind of are. Yeah, they're doing it with IDW and Dark Horse. Uh, and Apparently that IDW Spider-Man book is really enjoyable, actually. There you go. Uh, I wonder how it's selling. I would like to see that. 
That is a good question. I actually posed this question on Twitter when that whole, you know, like, oh, you got to switch your YouTube channel to whether or not it's good for kids. And that put me into a spin of being like, you know, is my content for this? Well, are most comic books that come out now for kids? And like a fan of mine who was actually a parent said, you know, I actually give my kids the IDW Spider-Man one because it's actually really good and written for like a child's reading level. Right. Well, and also the Disney comics, I think, are published by IDW or at least or Boom. Um, huh. But uh, yeah, Disney doesn't care about the comic industry. He doesn't care about Marvel being like the number one publisher or using them to that effect. They're certainly just kind of like, well, here, just whoever. We've already got your IP. Just be an IP factory. Make me the next Miss Marvel, please. Yeah. So for me, it's like, well, why wouldn't they do something like that? Why wouldn't they greenlight a Marvel DC crossover as long as it's only in the comics? Um, so yeah. I, I think you're, I think you're onto something. Um, I hope so, because it used to be that, like, the reason why those things happened or didn't happen was because of the egos of the people who were in charge. But now they got bosses. Yeah. Kansav says, uh, Sal Cavalli lands a role as the next Spider-Man writer, and his run is hailed as one of the best Spider-Man runs ever, E.E. 24-24. Well, very, very good. Uh, not only did you <laughs> did you help us out with that super chat, but also uh, I, I can't argue with that. Great idea. Love that. <laughs> And at the same time, uh, to, to compensate, DC hires Joel to reinvigorate the Green Arrow franchise. That's like a no-brainer. That's like, just do it. Here, go for it. I would make a Green Arrow editor and just be like, go pick everybody and work with them. Like, But, but edit it. Um, Joel cracks under the pressure, drunk on his sense of power. <laughs> uh, next one up, uh, move over X-Men and Spawn. Superman will flex his muscles as the next media juggernaut. Nope. 1992's Death of Superman was a media explosion that put Superman back on the map. ABC's Lois and Clark's doing great. Uh, while we did lose Christopher Reeve to paralysis, uh, Warner Brothers recently bought back the Superman movie rights. Apparently, that was in dispute back in 1996. Wow. And uh, so, so we will see some Superman movies copying the Batman movie formula. Top-notch directors... Uh, big name actors and a huge budget. These blockbusters will catapult Superman to the next <laughs> level of worldwide fame. No, no, no. And an extra no for your Batman prediction. Uh, yeah. That took tanking the franchise in order to actually do that. I will say, they're not wrong with the idea that a Batman movie formula is take top-notch directors, big name actors, and a huge budget and make a good movie out of it. That's, that's literally anything. That's literally anything. That's Endgame, that's Spider-Man, that's Dark Knight, that's everything. Um, but no, uh, Superman, uh, the next movie after this was Superman Returns in 2007. Oh boy. And then Man of Steel, both of them, uh, critically divisive, uh, oh, though, yeah. though, uh, Man of Steel more beloved by its fans than, than, than Superman Returns, I think. Again, though, relative unknowns playing the titular role. Also, to uh, Man of Steel, never got a direct sequel of its own. And again, nope. ca Cavill's in one of those positions where it's like, is he Superman? Is he not Superman? No one's saying he is or if he isn't. And I don't know. I mean, you changed Batman, so you're probably going to have to change Superman. Also, we're getting another Superman and Lois show on TV now. Yeah. That Superman people are really enjoying. So in a weird way... Yeah, Superman media is everywhere now. That's also if you count the Supergirl show that is really popular as well. Right? Well, that's the thing is that, like, actually, 
eh, BVS is technically a sequel to Man of Steel. It opens with mm. the same exact thing. Uh, yeah. But uh, but Brandon Routh's Man of Steel or Superman Returns did get a sequel in terms of him being Superman and from the Kingdom Come universe in the show. Yeah. So weirdly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So no, Superman did not become a media juggernaut. Nope. Still has yet I mean, to have a good game. No, yeah, that's so weird, right? All this time later, they've yet to crack that code for a video game. Yeah. Uh, James Owlett says, uh, I see with the success of the MCU and DC movies starting to get their own shit together again, the channels like yours only getting more popular. By the way, you guys are entertaining. Well, thank you, James. It's very kind of you. Thank God, you very much I for your contribution. So, <laughs> that would be nice. It's funny, actually. Uh, thank you, James, very much for your contribution and for your great uh, insight. Uh, I hope we I hope we do uh, do well with the, the propagation of superhero movies as they go, uh, with comic books becoming more and more mainstream. Um, oh, excuse me. I was off by a year by the release of Superman Returns. Oh, pardon me. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, I know. Right. Oh, shit. Uh, but um, that being said, uh, there are a lot of doomsayers out there who are like, no, comic book YouTube is dead um, or dying and it's on its mm. way out. And uh, there are some pretty substantial channels that are like making preparations for the in for the end. And I'm like, I don't think so. Like, and I'm not like the idiot who's sitting on the Titanic waiting for it to sink. <laughs> But also, I, I still like I've always maintained, and I will until it's until I'm wrong, uh, that comic books are forever. And yeah. uh, they've lasted this long. Yeah, and as long as there are comic books, there will be comic book fans, and there will be, you know, uh, th there will be a a place for that fandom. So I mean, if if they can survive crashes and bubble burstings and world wars and everything else, and yet still stick around longer than you or I have been alive, true that. So yeah, um, but yeah, uh, Rusky says Superman will become the media juggernaut. I think Wizard misspelled Iron Man. There was oh, no way ooh. Wizard even thought Iron Man was a thing. There's uh, a way no one would have did it because he was like a B minus player at best, and then one good movie changed everything. Literally that. Yep. Uh, Next prediction, when you bring your adult-oriented comic like Preacher to the cash register, prepare to be carded. The V-chip is on the rise, pro-censorship organizations are prevalent, and uh, we will see an industry-wide rating system for comic books which will be uh which will which will uh which mature reader oriented comics will feature either an 18 plus or an adult material box on their covers and retailers will have to ask their buyers of these books to show proof of age god the v chip that one takes me back right there yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way nailed it yes rating uh rating systems replaced the comics code authority uh, mm -hmm. it, it, what they couldn't have predicted was like the Marvel Max line. Um, you know, as it stood, you know, D Vertigo was already not approved by the Comics Code, but it also had no rating on it. Um, but yes, comics did get ratings. Uh, yeah. About it's... about ten years, a little a little less actually than ten years. Five years later, two thousand one. Yeah, with two thousand one, they were on the money. Rating systems did get implemented, and people were supposed to be carded at the register for those comics. I never saw it. No, but I've I did hear of it because I know that when I was um getting when I was like either on still on the outs with comics or getting back into them, I had a little friend who was a couple years younger than me who was very much into comics and he uh, was definitely not old enough to be buying like you know certain books like Marvel Max and mm. he got carded. <laughs> so yeah, 
but yeah. N so. Nowadays, it's kind of funny when I think of it. There's maybe only like a handful of books that I know of from the big two that actually come with a parental warning label. One is The Punisher, naturally. Yeah, I don't see those ever anymore. Like, if I do, it's, you know, it's not a book I would have read anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very strange where it's like, you know, I don't know if it's just, you know... Uh, I wouldn't even call it like so much like, oh, you know, comics aren't pushing, you know, those kind of boundaries anymore. They are, but it's just not a big deal anymore. Exactly. Exactly. It was, and, and it was a big deal, by the way, when it happened, it was a big deal. Like when comics started to, when, when they dropped the comics code, when they started to go for, uh, for the harder edged stuff, when they started to take their mainstream characters and make them harder edged, when they made the rating system, it, there was a little bit of a hullabaloo, but not much. No. Not Although to the point it, of, of, of concern. Like, the last time something like that actually happened that was noteworthy was, of course, uh, the whole DC Black Label thing and the Bat-Dong shenanigans. It's true, yeah, actually, uh, that was a that was a thing, and it was a problem. And I know that there, I know one store that did card for that book. Um, Interesting. But they card for everything. Like, that store shouldn't be a comic book store. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, kind of. So, they, they're, in their prediction, they actually found a better prediction, which was proven correct. Yeah. Uh, Next one up, 1996. Tomorrow's writers will not come from comics. Who will be tomorrow's creators? Probably people who work in TV and movies. People like Batman and Robin Adventures award-winning Paul Dini, Lady Death's Brian Polito, Curse the Spawn's Alan McElroy, all got their start in the TV and movie industries. Uh, Techno Comics, which doesn't exist anymore and barely existed <laughs> when it happened. Um, <laughs> if you want to know what Techno Comics is, it's spelled with a K. So Ooh. Google it when you do. Uh, like, like magic with a K. Yeah. Somebody would mention it like that. Like that dong kind of did matter though. Did, did you say it didn't matter? No, I didn't say it didn't matter. I just said, ah, you know, that was the latest development in this. You know, should we card for comics or not? Yeah, no, the rating, it didn't matter to the relevancy of the conversation. Because oh, of yeah, ratings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, we didn't say that the issue with the, if you'd like to actually know more about that, watch our video called Batman Censored. It's, uh, it's got Libramejo's endorsement, so check it hey. out. Uh, but yeah, um, no, they were right about this. Comics writers coming from like people like Tom Clancy or, uh, or or you know John Grisham, Stephen King. Yeah, hell, it's true. Stephen King's son would develop an entire imprint at DC called Hill House Comics. Yes, and he would do so without his father's name attached to it, which good on him for that. I know. Um, but yeah, so tomorrow's writers will not come from comics big time. In fact, they were right five years from that when they were in their actual production of 2001, uh, would comics writers not come from comic books? Yes. Uh, Bendis, uh, did not come from originally from comics. Uh, he Kevin not, Smith, yeah. uh, and, and, and so much more Mark Miller, uh, and more. So yeah. <laughs> The whole Marvel Knights line was thinking outside the box when it comes to writers, and that's still the case today. That uh, Whedon, Falcon, yeah. Whedon, yeah, perfect example right there. That uh, new upcoming uh, Falcon Winter Soldier mini they're putting out in time for the show. That's Eric Landy, who apparently wrote the Bone Kickers series, which oh. I am only somewhat aware of. And I'm like, okay, there's another one. Uh, podcasters and minor celebrities are getting involved with it too. They let CM Punk uh, write a Drax book for a bit. They let uh, the McElroy brothers uh, write a War of Realms tie-in. Brian Pusain co-wrote uh, Deadpool with Jerry Duggan. That's and right. Scott Snyder was a novelist. That's true. So yeah, good call, Wizard. You got that one right, and you were and you got that one right within the time frame they were predicting. Good job, Gold Star. Uh, yeah, so that was right. Uh, the next one, and the last one, 
is the traditional artist will become obsolete with digital inking, lettering, co uh, coloring, and penciling. Traditional colorists and letterers will uh, gradually be seeing more and more of their work uh, handled by computers, and pencilers will be going the way of the dodo. Uh, interesting. Straight interesting. up, no. No, yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> Not even close. It's almost like, yeah, no, I need to have talent in order to draw. It doesn't matter can, what I use to draw. It, it, I, I was an interesting, like, almost Terminator-esque, like, ah, oh, the artist will be outmoded and replaced by machines in the future. No. No. No, it's still an artistic medium. Yeah. In fact, if you ever watch our other show, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, uh, we most recently did an episode, uh, Marvel Image, in which there's a Ghost Rider versus Ballistic issue. Oh, I love Ballistic. Who doesn't love Ballistic? Mm. Uh, but, like, the, the credits page is just a, a an orgy of graphic design mistakes and nightmares. <laughs> and it's just, like, them just trying desperately to... Sorry, just one second. Uh, trying desperately to, like, I don't know... I don't know. I'm sorry. I lost my. Th I must lost my channel. Oh, trying desperately to like show you. Oh, I've got Photoshop. I've got these three dimensional techniques, and it's just it's no like it's no replacement. Wizard was probably also riding high from the whole like digital use of those techniques. Like, in fact, if you look at the cover for the book we're, we're referencing, which is of course Wizard Magazine number sixty from 1996, the cover. <laughs> Uh, implements digital techniques. Uh, in fact, uh, the idea here being that like it's the fifth anniversary, so every cover of Wizard it was the was the background, and then Hulk smashes through it. So every image uh, was every chunk was drawn, but every uh, element, every cover is superimposed over the chunk. So they're using digital uh, effects to make this uh, effect work. Um, right. And so they're probably it, like, "Wow!" I mean, like, for God's sakes, if you go to if you go to America Online, type in Wizard World, you can get their Cyber Wizard page. Uh, but no, it's they clearly were like, okay, if they can achieve this today, just imagine what they can achieve, you know, five years from now. And hilariously, it's like, no, technology didn't replace the artist. Technology helped the artist with their job. Like, if ever you see any of the professional guys, they usually have, like, a screen that they can draw on and, like, all this other cool stuff they didn't oh, yeah. have back in 96. No, they could not have predicted, like, the, the, the tablet and the convenience of the tablet. You do lose um, original pages, like, original pencils. Mm. But, you could always, but because you are a talented artist, you just, you just do them. You know, like the convention sketch is a huge deal. The the sketch Definitely. cover is a huge deal. Oh um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's 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 interesting how they were like, no, digital's gonna kill. And what's funny is, doesn't that sound familiar? The idea of like digital's gonna kill the thing we're used to. Jeez, it's like they've been saying it for twenty years. Yeah, and they've been wrong for twenty years. Yeah, um, how about that? So yeah, no. Um, really quick, did we did we get every super chat? Um. No, uh, we did not. Uh, TB says, Warner Brothers will fight a merger kicking and screaming, but eventually the Marvel Universe and the DC Universe will exist in the same multiverse. Oh, my. Uh, I think that's a, like, I, I think that's not only probably going to happen. I think that, like, it will happen within our lifetime. <laughs> That'll be a weird day. That'll be like, uh, what is it? Uh, and he wept for there were no more worlds to conquer. <laughs> well, the thing about it is I don't think Disney really cares. I, I think that 
it's it's the same. It's actually Disney and Marvel really work well together because, as we've discussed and what we've talked about, uh, the inkling here is that Marvel will pretty much do anything as long as they think it'll make them a buck. Yeah. Um, and Disney's the same way. Like mm-hmm. Disney spent billions of dollars to develop a thing to replace Netflix. Yeah. And it's like, why? Like yeah. they bought Fox mostly so they could make the app with yeah. the Fox properties. And I'm like, why? Like, oh, because we can. Oh, like, don't you have enough? And oh, it, it's never enough. But it's never enough. And it's the and the fact is like it's it's about money and it's about having it. And what matters is like that. It that is the, and when and when that is your that, that's the that's the tune you're marching to. The sky's the limit and when it comes to like, you know, like you said no more worlds to conquer, you know, well, every movie that makes over a billion dollars Joker notwithstanding, but like mm. any 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 family friendly summer blockbuster movie that comes out is in some way probably owned by Disney if it makes yeah. over a billion dollars. That for them should be the like we've made it, we're good. But it, they won't stop. You know that like Disney will probably one one day buy AMC and they will they will run theaters and yes we'll, we'll have a return of the studio system where it's like look if you want to see this movie you got to go to this particular theater they and already also, do exclusive that. scenes i know they do they already own a theater out in california that does that exact thing and i feel like there's going to be a day when they're like well we already make a gazillion dollars and we already own practically everything so i guess we'll also do this and they'll buy theaters turn them into little mini disney stores and it'll just be like the place you go to watch the latest disney franchise and I mean, hey, you know, it, it's it's already happened with television thanks to this app arms race. We've already seen basically the return of cable where you got to pay the same price for all these different, you know, packages to get everything you want to see. So sure, why not bring back the bad old days of the theaters yeah. and the studio system? But the reason why I even bring it up is because, like, eventually Disney might suddenly give a shit about comics. And when I say that, I don't mean, like, about making the industry better or about paying fair wages or health insurance. I mean that Disney might go like, so, okay, we own one of the biggest, most profitable comic book publishing companies in that industry, but Mm. the top book is always Batman. The hell's up with that? So I'd like to own Batman now. (laughs) And I could see Disney making an offer and I guarantee you it's been discussed. And I don't say that because I know it. I just feel it in my heart that they've said, (laughs) Can we just buy Batman? How's 60 billion sound? Mm, what about 1 trillion? I mean, seriously, we know that they said the same thing to Sony when they were like, how much for Spider-Man? Just how much? And the the number that was bandied about apparently from Sony was $10 billion. Mm. And Disney was like, fuck you. But also, well, what about $4 billion? <laughs> like, look, it's a drop in the bucket to us, man. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, there is a world where Disney could say to Warner Brothers, you're done making Batman movies, right? I mean, like, really, at this point, <laughs> what do you care? And so they buy the character, and then they go, like, and and you know what? Because Disney doesn't even care, I can imagine Disney saying, like, we'll buy the character, we'll let DC publish it for a little while, like, for a year or something, and, uh, you know, and then eventually we'll transfer it over to, like, IDW or something. And just like, ah, wow. no! <laughs> like, <laughs> What a crazy nightmare future. Mm-hmm. That's all right. By this point in the future, you know, the ants from Mars will have invaded and we'll all be working in the underground sugar caves anyway. Uh, Aelbard Thawne showed up from the future to tell us. uh, Just wanted wanted to say, I love when Wizard Magazine's brought up. For me, it's the four, it's, 
Wizard is to me as the Force is to the original trilogy characters. Oh wow, that's very nice. Yeah, Wizard is. Uh, well, that's true. Um, not maybe more than it deserves, but certainly uh, I I I love what it was for like a very small window of time when it was this. Um, but uh, but yeah, Wizard Wizard had a, a role to play, uh, and and uh, and it and it provided some much needed companionship to people who like didn't really have friends who read comic books. No uh, doubt. Adam Asmoa says Jonathan Eggman will find the twisted beauty in Ultimate. Uh, Jonathan Eggman find the twisted beauty in Ultimatum, and at the end of his X Men run, commits the same horrid uh, B uh, that Jeff Loeb ones did back in two thousand nine. Oh God, I hope not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I hope not too. I don't see that happening. I don't see Hickman being like, "Screw it, let's just let's Ultimatum this bitch." Uh, no, nobody he, he wants never that. does. I, I mean, most of his stories like actually have pretty happy, uplifting endings, don't they? Right? Yeah. No, he, they do. He's, he's a big fan of like, look, if you have a happy ending, then you know that excuses all the horror in between. <laughs> yeah. No, he's right. You're right about that. TB says two more dollars for Joel's hilarious Mickey impression. Oh, oh thanks. <laughs> well, because oh, we know he loves money. <laughs> yeah. Boy, do I. Uh, and Adam Asimov says, Sal's offered the chance to become editor-in-chief of Marvel, but with the request of destroying his YouTube channel, he refuses for the <sighs> Oh, that's very nice. Ooh. They, oh, that they would nice. never, they don't even care. Like, the fact is, if I were to get anywhere near an editorship at that company, they would be like, what do you do again? <laughs> From the internet? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been on the internet once. I hated it. Yeah. Never, be- never going back. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, from there, I guess like the question is, do you have any predictions for the next like ten years of comics? Five years? Five years? Let's go five years like they did. So right. uh, we're, we're we're let's let's round it up. We'll say we're we're twenty twenty. So twenty twenty five. Okay. I mean, I feel people have been saying this forever, too, which, you know, it hasn't been right yet. But, you know, people have been doomsaying the death of the brick and mortar mom and pop comic book store. And I mean, that has to happen in our lifetime, you would think. Right. Because they're holding on by a thread in in our lifetime. It will happen. I don't think it will happen in the next five years. I think it'll take probably another 20 years to kill the comic book store. Once digital, as we said, gets its act together and starts being cheaper and starts being run the way it's supposed to. And maybe after we've broken up Diamond again, kicking and screaming. Right. Yeah. Um, I would love to see Diamond get broken up in five years. That'd be nice. I don't think they will because they've already sued to do it and it didn't happen. They just they just got a death grip on it. I don't know, like I, like really, it's like what would it take to break? It's like breaking up the banks. What would it take? You're too big to fail. I know exactly what it would take. Okay, do tell. Disney lawyers. Ah. Uh, Disney would have to. Th- good answer. Disney would have to feel that Diamond, like Marvel, would have to appeal to Disney and say, "These this company is taking a piece of our pie." They're doing what now? <laughs> Because they don't, because Disney doesn't understand or give a shit about the comic book industry, I have to assume that like the people that they try, like Feige, when he's when he's officially sworn in as chief creative officer of Marvel, mm-hmm. if he gives a shit at all, he will say to his up to upstairs guys like, "I need four of the lawyers," and. Just- <laughs> And just break up Diamond that way. It becomes that scene in The Simpsons where it's like, we're a Diamond distributor. We've ruled this industry from the very beginning. Yeah, well, I work for Disney and I have an army of high-powered lawyers. <laughs> Run. Yeah, no, I see that happening. I think that uh, Feige getting closer to the comic book industry and getting closer to Marvel's operations, I think we'll hopefully see a rise in like Marvel getting its shit together as like a publisher and as a comic book entity. Um, That'd be nice. Yeah. Basically just keeping the creative like 
positivity of Feige while also having the clout and finances of Disney. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a that's a that's a utopian optimistic perspective of what could happen, um, but yeah, that would be the only way I see Diamond getting broken up. Um, uh, as, as far as predictions go, I think Batman. I think I think Disney will make a play for Batman in the next five years. Really? That's ooh. Yeah, I don't think he'll get him, but no, I think but at least try. I think they'll make a play for it. Uh, it would be nice to see the comic book industry kind of like uniting and fixing itself, <laughs> but uh, it it hasn't for. 50 60 years so i doubt it'll happen in five uh, you know that becomes a question it's like how you feel as a fan versus how you feel morally where it's like should disney be allowed to own batman yeah i do not know i do not know the answer to this question right? i mean as a as a fan i'm like no batman needs to stay in the dc universe with all of his friends where he's yes. had all of his adventures you you can't take him no the reality is you want to see batman in the marvel universe then Marvel and DC need to come together and figure out how to make more money and then you'll see it. That's what I want. I guess. Uh, but yeah, so uh, other predictions as far as the comic book industries goes, I, I think that we will see a swell and then implosion of comic book YouTubers. Mm, God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if I were to legit, legitimately like be like, okay, in your professional opinion, what do you think? I think we're going to see like, you know, 20 more comic book YouTubers with like 40 to 120,000 subscribers. And then they'll, it'll just go like, <laughs> it'll just, it'll just implode. I mean, we've definitely seen that on smaller levels where it's like a channel will show up and I'll be like, Oh, who's this guy? Oh, he's got a lot of subscribers. Oh, he has more subscribers than me. And he started after me. Oh, he kind of dropped off making videos. How huh? life got in the way or he lost interest. I guess he wasn't really in this to well, win it. And that's know? the thing is that like life gets in the way, like one bad day, one family emergency, one, whatever. And like Don't most know. of us have to go. And so it's true. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, riding on it uh if 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 youtube screws up uh which it probably will in the next five years at least three times also um, that you'll see you'll see the uh you know the the decline um as if see ed helping us out in the super chat thank you very much as if we really appreciate it um but yeah like uh, as far as that goes that's what i'm thinking um lucas salzbot salbot says dc comics will reboot again dc marvel crossover i uh not only will the reboot happen within the next six months but i i don't want to predict dc marvel crossover but i want a dc marvel crossover i, I know, want them to work together we because we gotta write that i think we gotta that's gotta be another pitch in episode you and i just gotta write the marvel disney crossover and maybe with the elseworld bump the elseworld effect maybe it'll happen that'd be nice yeah talking about it out loud and being like them going like look they want it um but we do uh the problem is and it's funny i was actually reading an interview with uh, uh george perez uh, hmm. during his JLA Avengers run, and he was talking about how Casada said when he became editor-in-chief of Marvel that he was going to stop doing the Marvel-DC crossovers, he claims because when because they did too many of them and most of them were bad. Hmm. Which, he's not wrong. No, he is not. But he also basically, like, shit on the doorstep of DC on his way out. Uh... So it's more like they were never going to want to work with him. And uh, but the only thing he would want to do was Avengers JLA, and only if George Perez drew it. Um, right. And so they made that happen, despite like there being a lot of problems, most of them from DC, according to Perez. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, but now that like Casada is all but gone, and yeah. Levitz isn't really working there anymore. Like I feel mm -hmm. like 
there's probably some room now for for young blood no references to chinese companies that own characters that created by that were created by love life <laughs> referenced uh google that and uh in, intended but um but yeah but some young blood to say i want this and i think we could do it akira yoshida seems to be the sort of guy who would want to do that sort of thing right yeah i think so certainly his his ties to japan and their and their practices would Most be certainly definitely. helpful um congratulations we neither of us will ever be able to work at marvel again um, eh, it was worth it <laughs> and by again i mean ever uh, yeah really yeah because you know the door was totally open until that moment that was it uh that was like when i told my friend uh years ago i was like oh did you know julia louis dreyfus is married he's like that was the thing that was stopping me because he's he was in love with her uh some friendless bastard says i predict that the next avengers movie will fail to break a billion dollars and people will start suddenly suddenly doom and glooming comic book movies mm. yeah i see that happening i see that i don't i see that avengers will not will be underwhelming uh, and that people like, well, the, yeah, look at the fucking, look at the, uh, the, the, the article I saw. I won't mention the website cause I don't want to give them any traffic, but there was another, there was a website and not, not one that's notorious for bullshit, mm-hmm. but one that was just like, it's slow as news day. Here's something where they said you could find it if you just look what I'm looking up, but, uh, what I'm saying, but, uh, they were like the Marvel slate of five movies, uh, doesn't say Spider-Man, four on it which means that there's there that's doomed oh yes i remember this like, article now that's not an article and then in the article it's that's the that's the headline and then the article is like maybe i mean we don't really know <laughs> i'm like gotta write something yeah <laughs> that's paraphrasing ethan's quote about greg land gotta try something Oh, I like Ethan. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Uh, but yeah, uh, from there, I want to let you guys know in the comments down below, uh, please let us know uh, if you're watching this after the fact, what your predictions for comic books in 2025 are, uh, or the uh, the, the Elseworlds 2024 uh, yes. series. We, we'd like to know. But uh, otherwise, I want to thank you so much. We want to give us extra special thank you to our super chatters who sponsored today's episode. We're so lucky hey. to have you. We want to thank you all so much. Uh, Today is Wednesday, so I guess Back Issues is coming out in another couple of minutes. So keep an Sweet. eye out for that. I uh, want to thank also our predecessors, Wizard Magazine, for providing the uh, the, the, the fodder for this conversation. Uh, Indeed. If you ever find your, an occasion to get one, anything from issue 6 to 60, maybe up to 80, is worth it. Nice. Um, but don't spend more than $5 because cover price was four to find, was $5 <laughs> in 96. So, and it's a magazine. Would you spend $5 on a golf digest book from 25 years ago? I think not. Of course not. Especially not when I can steal one from the doctor's office. <laughs> See, if I had a dentist's office, like the one that is in Rockaway, New Jersey, I would also cover my, my, my office in comic book stuff. There's a dentist's office in Rockaway that has a giant Batman Beyond portrait. Nice. A life-size Spider-Man, like, from the first movie, like, from some movie display. Ooh. Like, it's just full of, of comic book stuff. I think they have an Avengers JLA, like, portrait. It's it's cool. I'm like, man, I wish I were a kid because uh, you can't, because I don't think it's an adult dentist. I think you can only, it's a pediatric Damn. dentist. Damn. But yeah. I was going to say, that guy might actually make me want to take better care of my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> you should want to take care of better care of teeth. Floss every day or every other day. 
Um, mm. But anyway, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks a lot for watching, and uh, we'll see you guys then. Oh, and if you want an extra b- special bonus episode, go to patreon.com slash comicpop. Joel and I are going to be talking a little bit more for about 10 minutes or so uh, over there for a special bonus show you can only find over there. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys then. Thanks a lot for watching. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. So long, everybody. Bye-bye.